fans, wherever you may be, welcome inside the Hawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alfstead, and featuring Seahawks sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers. Hawks fans, welcome back to the Hawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, and I am here again, second time this week, with Keith Myers. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So, ready to preview the 2017 season? I am. This is our uh, official regular season schedule preview and prediction show. And we'll also, at the back end of the uh, podcast, we will preview our first regular season game this year uh, versus the Green Bay Packers. We are at Green Bay. And uh, that should be a heck of a game, a chance for both teams, actually, to kind of show where they're at so far uh, to start the year. Uh, Any thoughts heading into the regular season, Keith? My thoughts heading into the regular season are that there are going to be a lot of wins, and this is going to be a lot of fun, because this roster, as we said in our last show, is absolutely stacked. This is a team poised to make a run at another championship. Wow. I, I, you know what? Normally, just for the sake of being the devil's advocate, I don't like to agree with you on everything, but everything you just said, I completely 100% agree with. This team is outstanding top to bottom. Uh, there's very few weak points. Uh, we could see a couple of vulnerabilities if we were to happen to have uh, injuries, but uh, every team in the NFL could say that. I think this team, though, is uh, fully equipped to handle most of those in our depth this year is just off the charts. So why don't we head into it, Keith, without further ado. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the uh, regular season schedule. Keith and I are going to uh, talk about each opponent and uh, come up with our win or loss for each opponent. And at the end of the, at the, end of the show, we'll have a uh, regular season record that that we're going to predict. So fun show for us, just kind of one of those things we'd like to put out there just uh, for the fun of it. And then again, at the end, we'll talk about the Packers a little bit more in depth. But that's where we start the show at is uh, with the Packers. Our first regular season game is at Green Bay. And I'm, I'm thinking this is a 50-50 game, Keith. Uh but I think you know the Packers uh, typically start slow uh, in the, in their regular season. Their offense is, is usually ahead of their defense, uh, but our defense is so strong this year. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be as successful as he was last time. Last year, uh, I think Russell Wilson had probably his worst game as a pro uh, last year. I think he was sacked three times and had five interceptions, and it was just a complete discombobulated mess. I don't see that happening this year. I think they go in and take care of business. I'm saying the Seahawks win at Green Bay Packers. At Lambeau. Wow. We have um, not won there since 99, I don't think. Yeah, not till um, Mike Holmgren's uh, first trip back to Green Bay after leaving there to come to Seattle in his um, – inaugural season with the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks have not won in Lambeau since then. Um, and I actually have that trend continuing. I think that you look at Seattle's offensive line issues and the fact that they need the, they need a little bit of time to integrate guys like Sheldon Richardson into the uh, defense and make all of it work. It's going to take a little bit of time. The Seahawks are notoriously slow starters, uh, both in games and in seasons. And this is just a hard game on the road, opening weekend. And I I just see them coming up a little bit short. Yeah, I think it could go either way. I have it down as a 50-50 game. I have, I have two of those in my schedule. And um, I'm just thinking this season is so special that I'm just putting it in for a win just because I'm an optimist. And I, it, it would be that one win that I'm not necessarily counting on, but I think that I, I want them to get it, and I think they will. So that's a win for me, a, a loss for you. Uh, what's the next game on the, on the horizon, Keith? So the next one is the San Francisco 49ers coming to town in week two. Yeah, yeah, at home, baby. I like it. You know, I, I, I do think that 
the 49ers are at least on the right road now. They've been off the road for so long. It's been kind of, I, I don't want to say depressing because I'm not depressed as a Seahawk fan, but I always liked those really good rivalry, rivalries that we had. And when that went away, it just made it less fun to beat those guys at home. But uh, John Lynch and uh, Shanahan as the head coach, I think they're building something. It's going to take them a while to put it all together. Uh, but I watched a preseason game against Minnesota that they had, and they didn't look half bad, Keith. Um, you know, there's a lot to like. I, I like their coaching staff. I think uh, Carlos Hyde is a very underrated player uh, at running back. The problem is they they just need more talent, especially on defense, and they need a quarterback. Yeah, they were really de- they were really depleted. Yeah, I mean, and they need a quarterback still. So um, I don't see them. You know, they are improving. They are building. They are definitely on the upswing. Uh, they bottomed out, you know, last year, but they're definitely on the upswing. I just think they're a year or two away from actually being competitive with the elite teams like Seattle. So I have the Seahawks coming away with that one with a fairly easy win. I do too, Keith. It's, it's definitely a win. Uh, first home game of the season. So you've got them at 1-1. One and one. I've got them going 2-0 and oh so far. The next game... I think it's going to be one of the, the big games of the year, quite honestly, Keith, at the Tennessee Titans. Marcus Mayer has got that team humming. That team's got a chance, Keith, I think, to have uh, 10, 11, 12 wins possibly in their conference. Um, this is a first loss for me in the season. I've got these guys going into the Titans and, and struggling a little bit with the speed on their defense and uh, Marcus Mariota on the offense, and I've got it down as a loss. See, I've got it going as a win, and I I looked at that and thought the same way as you. To me, this one was, was closer to a toss-up than um, I think most Seahawks fans will want to admit. Mariota has played well. Um, you know, the offense is, is good. The defense was good last year without J.J. Watt. Now they'll have him back this year, um, which is kind of scary. But I think that that team is young enough. You're talking about the the Titans, not the Texans. Did I, yeah. Oh, you know what? Yes, I my brain's just all over the place because I was looking at the Houston game not uh, too long ago because that was one of those that I was yep. struggling with to to come up with the the um, who was going to win that one. But yeah, so Tennessee, anyways, Marcus Murray out of the defense or the, the offense. They've got a mm-hmm. solid defense. Um, that's an up and coming team. I think that they the the issue that I have with them is I I don't see a lot of. Uh, dynamic players on the outside for them, and I think that it plays to Seattle's strengths with Bennett and Richardson coming up the middle. Um, they, the Seahawks have the speed to to match up with the mobile quarterbacks and and really get after them in a way that other teams get exploited. Uh, and I think the Seahawks won't. And so I have the Seahawks winning a close game there uh, in Week Three against Tennessee. So coming out of three weeks, we're even. We've got uh, two wins, one loss, just mm-hmm. a different uh, different opponents there. Uh, yeah, that'll be a great game. That's that that game right there in the third week on the road against a really tough team is going to be a really good test for Seattle. I just see him. Uh, I just see him coming away with a loss there, uh, but they don't have very many on my list. So yeah, so um, then in, we'll in, see. In week four, you've got. Um, Andrew Luck, assuming that he's healthy by then, um, coming to town with the Indianapolis Colts and bringing uh, Pierre Desir with him at cornerback. Um, I hope Luck's healthy. I do too. He he had, he did not get placed on the on the pup yeah. list, so they yeah, they, yeah, they took yeah. him off and put him on the active roster. He's not going to be like ready to, for week I'd one. I'd like to see Seattle's defense against Andrew Luck and put this whole Luck Wilson thing to bed oh, they once and for all. Even no matter what, it won't put it to bed because they'll say, oh, well, Seattle's got this great defense and that's why Luck looked bad. And Andy had no, has no defense and that's why Wilson looked good. But um, I fully expect that to be the commentary after the game because Seattle's going to win <laughs> and they're going to win that one fairly easily. I got it down as a win too, Keith. No, no question about it. Next game, game five, week before the bye week, I've got uh, Seattle traveling to the Los Angeles Rams down in California. Uh, it's been a tough game in the past with the new regime. I still see it being a tough game just because they've got the same personnel. 
maybe uh, slightly different schemes and stuff, but always tough to win at the Rams, but I'm, but I'm giving them that win. Um, I think this is a different team this year, Seattle. Seattle's finally going to pull away from that team, and it's not going to be close. Uh, I see the Seahawks winning by double digits down in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, playing against the Rams on the road has always been rough. I mean, uh, the, the issue that comes down to that the strength of the Rams, which is their defensive line, matched up against the weakness of Seattle, which is the offensive line. It makes it really tough for the Seahawks to ever get any kind of rhythm or anything going offensively. My thinking on this is just the Rams' offense is still genuinely pretty bad. Their offensive line's bad. I don't believe in Jared Goff, who was terrible last year. Uh, I don't believe in their receiving core. Even with uh, Sammy Watkins, who's a very talented and underrated player, um, being added to the mix. So I I just don't believe in their offense enough. I think Seattle wins, but as of right now, this is a this is a closer game than we want to admit. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game, but I've got Seattle with a win there going into the bye week. Yeah, and you know what, Keith? Honestly, it could come down to turnovers. You know, and I think I think Seattle's going to be a good turnover team this year, and I think that puts them over the top. You're right. It could be close. I just see the, the offense having more success than not this time around, and it's about time, too, because we've had our share of struggles. That's why, I, for the same reason I see us winning against the Rams on the road, I see us winning against the Packers. I think the Packers have a, a good defensive line, um, good linebackers, and uh, so do the Rams, and I think that the offense, for some reason this year, I just feel good about it, and I think we, we overcome to uh, beat the Rams on the road. Uh, week six is a bye week, and that should be interesting, Keith, because we'll get a lot more information on, uh, like, Deshaun Shad, if he's at all going to be ready to come back this season at all. We'll probably start to hear some news about that. That could impact the roster a little bit. Um, any other – and it's a, good, it's a good week to have a bye. I think week six is a good week to have a bye. You've gone through some tough games. gives you a chance to rest a little bit. And then I think we uh, play the Giants – on the road uh, the next week uh, on a, uh, a late game. So they, mm-hmm. I think they have quite a bit of time to rest. Yeah, that, uh, so week seven is, is at the Giants. It's their one uh, East Coast um, trip. Well, the one East Coast trip that uh, against a tough team, let's put it that way. Uh, so, but it's, yeah. it, it's not, a, it's not the 10 a.m. start. It is, uh, it's a night game. So, um, there's that, which is helpful for the Seahawks. I actually have the Seahawks losing this game. I think that they have not played well coming off buys in the Pete Carroll era. Um, the East Coast trip is hard on them. I think that, um, on the road against a good team and, you know, this is just one of those games where I see the Seahawks struggling a little bit to um, to get stuff going, and it just landing on the wrong side of things by the end of the game. And just to be clear, too, we have not gone over these schedules at all. I have no idea what you're picking or oh anything, yeah. So we, I guess we never told said that to the people listening, did we? No, yeah, yeah you yeah. and I have not discussed any of this before. We're doing it here as we record. Right. So the Giants on the road. Keith, I'm in agreement with you. I think coming off a of bye week, the Seahawks always seem to struggle. I don't know why. They're a very well-prepared team most of the time. Um, the Giants on the road. The only thing I think this makes a 50-50 game is they play so well on nationally televised games. They get up for the moment, um, but I have them down for a loss, Keith. I think this is, uh, again, one of those deals where they're just not quite ready for the Giants, and they, they lose the game. Yep. So, you know what, Bill? Um, we're agreeing too much. I, I'm just going to kind of come come out and say that. We, you and I are in agreement too much. It's less fun than when, when, we, when, when we disagree and can argue about these things. But Maybe I'll uh, have one later. Maybe I'll have one later in the schedule. Okay. Uh, moving on. Do you want to do the next there's one? Always, there's always a surprise game. There's there always is. a game that you should win that – just ends up being way harder than it should be or another team just gets so pumped to play the Seahawks that they come out and, uh, and overperform and the Seahawks aren't quite ready for them and yeah like remember when the but, Seahawks played Tampa 
um, I think it was in the 2013 season, and they were down like 21 nothing at home to a really bad Tampa team. I do. And then Shocking. MSU just could not stop their run. Of course, they, they came back and won, but then you're like, why was that game so hard? That was a terrible team. The Seahawks should have run away with it. Um, yeah. But there and, was. Um, and, that, and that's the term on any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, these teams... That the parity in the NFL is is pretty darn close, and the, and sometimes uh, things that make teams bad uh, are sometimes they can show up all together for whatever reason and be in sync and and beat a good team. So and then Seahawks used to be in that boat. We used to be the team that was always seven and nine, you know, nine or eight and eight, nine and seven. You know, sometimes you win games you're not supposed to win, uh, but this one I don't think is going to be uh, one of those. Uh, home game versus the Texans after the Giants game, a tough game against the Giants. We come home and just beat the crap out of the Texans, I think, at home. I've got it down as a win, Keith. Okay, so my screw-up earlier with um, when I was talking about Tennessee, I literally just picked this game right before we started recording. It's been sitting here as an empty spot on my thing. I could not decide this game. Um Really? Because you think it's going to be that close? I do. I There is something about this game. I like their running game a lot. Seattle has struggled to stop the run in the preseason. I really like their defensive front with, with Clowney and Watt, and I I just think it matches yeah, up well against yeah, yeah, Seattle. yeah. Seattle's weakness, which is the offensive line. Even though the it's at home. Tackles. The offensive tackles. Yes. So even though this game is at home, and even though they're in, in my thing here, they have, the CX are coming off a loss, which means they're going to be super motivated at home against a good team. Um, I had this game being really, really tough, and at the last second, right before we hit record, I wrote it down as a W. And they're, then they're going to pull out a win at home. But Yeah, like I said, close. there's always games that just for whatever reason, doesn't make any sense. And it's a lot closer than it should be. And um, I do have this as being one of those games where we put, we pull out a, like a double digit win. Wow. I think, it, yeah. And, 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 and the reason I say that is because the Seahawks are so good at home and they just like to take care of their home field. And um, I don't think they're, they're going to let, I think they've schemed, I think they'll scheme up for the Texans and, and uh, Clowney, and Watt, and um, I don't think it's going to make a big, huge impact. I really don't. Interesting. Um, um, so go ahead. Nine uh, has the other Washington, you know, from our nation's capital, coming in here um, for home game for the Seahawks. And back to back home games. Yeah, back to back home games against um, you know, kind of high profile teams. Um, though I don't foresee the Seahawks having any difficulty with uh, their opponent from D.C. and coming out with a fairly easy win. I, I I know I'm late to the party on Kirk Cousins, and people keep telling me he's really good, but I just don't buy that he's an elite player. I think he's a slightly above-average player, and their entire season depends on him. And I, I think just, that Seahawks put Cousins on the turf like five times. Yeah, because he's just not, he's not mobile. He isn't at all. He, he's not mobile, and he is very dependent on his outside targets getting separation early in routes because um, he can't buy time for for himself. And I just with Seattle's pass rush, pass rush, especially with Sheldon Richardson coming up the middle, I think Cousins just he's going to be ready for that game to be over before it starts. If there was ever a game that was set up, Keith, to be a complete and utter slaughter, this is the game. You mentioned tough games coming mm-hmm. off a of bye week. You mentioned tough games against the Giants and the Texans, possibly even losing both. If they were to happen to lose both those games and the Redskins came into town, I feel sorry for the Redskins because it's over before it even starts. And I've got the Redskins as, as a big loser in that game. We could that That team right there could lose by like, 28 points. I yeah. mean, there, there's not many uh, blowout games in the NFL, uh, but I see, I've i got this one marked down as a, just a potential blowout where we literally hold them to like nine points, maybe, maybe if they're lucky. Yeah. Okay. So that gets us halfway through the season. We both had the team at three and one at um, 
at the quarter mark, and I've got him at six and two at the halfway point. I think, and I've got him at six and two as well with a couple of different. Yep. Well, with the you know you've got a loss against the Packers. I've got a loss against the the Titans. Titans. Other than that, we're the same all the way through. So, and that's a that's a good team. So first six and two after week nine. Mm Mm-hmm. Things are looking good because the second half of the season is favorable for the Seahawks. Yeah. The the schedule is is front loaded. There's a lot of tough games early. You know, Green Bay, Tennessee, um, on the road against the Rams, even though the Rams aren't that good, but it's just the Rams and um at, at the, the Giants, Giants. Houston. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's a lot of good teams um early in the schedule. It definitely lightens up, at least in my opinion, after that halfway point. So yeah, if at Packers, at two, Titans, at Giants, they could have three losses. Mm-hmm. And so, if you get to the, this halfway point at six and two, which is where we both have them, I feel really good about the prospects of Seattle getting the the one seed and home field advantage um, coming, you know, down the stretch. With, of course, in my world, uh, in this, they've lost to the Packers, so they've got to, you know, get a little bit of help there and and not uh, let. End up with a, end up tied with Green Bay, but um, still at six and two. That's a great spot to sit. So week ten, week ten, I've got as a fifty fifty toss up game against a team that on paper the Seahawks should beat damn near every time, and for whatever reason we struggle just like we struggle against the Rams. Those division games are always harder than they should be. At the Cardinals, at at uh, uh, Phoenix. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I still don't have a win or loss written down in my column. I'm going to decide after you tell me what's going on. Because I I honestly think this comes down to a turnover. Yeah. This this is a game I have down for as a loss. Um, and it, uh, the Seahawks should beat them. The Arizona Cardinals have... Um, kind of hemorrhage talent on defense from a we couple of We tied them ago. last year. We yeah. tied them. I we, mean, good God. Yeah, the offense could do nothing last year against um, Arizona, and that was after they'd lost a bunch of defensive talent. And now they've lost some more. Um, so the, the, the defense, Arizona's defense is, is weaker, and the Seahawks should be able to move the ball a little better. Um, you know, Carson Palmer is older. I think that He's just about done as a as a quality NFL quarterback, um, but they've still got a lot of weapons on the outside. You know, don't don't count out both the Browns and Fitzgerald and and, and that whole team. I mean, that's a, that's a good group of players, um, but at the same time, I, I don't necessarily believe in their running game. And uh, I know everyone's like on the David Johnson bandwagon because of his fantasy numbers, but a lot of those come out of the passing game. Yeah. Um, and I I'm not worried about him. Uh, yeah, the, the Seahawks uh, our, have the linebackers to match up. Our with run, him. our run defense. This is going to be sick. I mean, Sheldon so, Richardson is totally underrated. Now everyone gives him props for rushing the passer and playing the edge and all that stuff. He's stout against mm-hmm. the run too. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. So I discount the Cardinals for that. I discount the Cardinals for the fact that I think uh, Carson Palmer is more done than he is uh, ripe. And he's going to be. I think he's. I think. I think the Seahawks have a chance to to put him on the turf a lot in this game. Yep. And I and I think that um, Seahawks win on a, on a couple of turnovers caused by their pass rush. See, I I, Car- we we intercept Carson Palmer and we put him on the turf and he fumbles and that's. I think that game comes down to that. Our see, defense. I spent this this whole last minute and a half talking up why the Seahawks should win that game. And I have it as a loss. It's just one of those games. I look at the schedule, and I go, "That feels like a trap game to me." They're gonna they're coming off a couple of, of um, tough wins, uh, or a, a tough win in Houston, and then a big win against DC. Now they're going on the road against the division rival, and I think they just come out a little flat and end up with a loss. But it's I don't. I'm putting it down for a win, Keith. Okay, that, I'm, I'm going against you on this one. And you wanted you wanted a disagreement. You got one. Got it. All and right. I think we're going to win that game. Okay, so then the the next game after that is a fun 
uh, revenge game. Yeah, uh, that's going to be a high-scoring affair right there. Um, week 11, the Atlanta Falcons, the team that eliminated Seattle in the playoffs, comes yeah. to town, comes to CenturyLink Field, and the Seahawks pull up, put up a win. Um, you look at what happened last year, and you know basically what happened was Seattle's offense just sputtered. Um, way too many Jermaine Curse targets. That's not going to be an issue. Um, and then defensively, the, the this defense without, um, you know, I mean, Shed got hurt, and then without uh, Earl Thomas. Thomas at the back end, just had no answer to Matt Ryan in the passing game. They've now that is very true. They've got the cornerback depth to handle it this year. Earl Thomas is back. Um, you're going to see just Sheldon Richardson unleashed yeah. on on, yeah. a, on Matt Ryan. I just it's our this. front. It's our front uh, line, Keith. That's the difference in this game. Yeah. Uh, last last year we just didn't have it. We didn't mm-hmm. have the pass rush. I mean, we had a good pass rush last year, but you know, it, it was for whatever reason we were pretty vanilla uh, on defense. We couldn't make up for Thomas. Um, our offense never got in sync. I mean, just you know the everything came together against the Seahawks in that game. This is about revenge for the Seahawks. They want to take care of their home. They want to show the Falcons. It's getting deeper into the season now, week 11. They want to show a good Falcons team who's boss in the NFC. And they put a smackdown on these guys. You know, it's not going to be a huge, you know, double digit win, but it's going to be a nice convincing win for the Seahawks at home against the Falcons it could go the other way. This is one of those games that definitely a team could come in and, and upset the Seahawks. But I think the Seahawks at this point in the season are on such a roll and have so much confidence going that uh, I think that's the difference in this game. Yeah, I, I agree. I just, that re- the revenge factor and the fact that so much of the roster is still, um, you know, the same guys as last year who are going to be unhappy about losing in the playoffs. Um, and they're going to, they're, just going to be have that extra motivation and it's going to be and there's always that really good sherman smack talk for the falcons oh yeah you know he, yep. he loves he loves playing against those guys so next game keith uh, this is a game that could be interesting if seattle doesn't take care of business if they go down they've got their suits on they go take care of business they win this game week 12 at the 49ers i've got it down for a win but it's closer than it should be yeah, I can see that. Especially, you know, road games are rough, uh, especially road games against the um, division rivals. Uh, just the talent gap between San Francisco right now and uh, Seattle, I think, is too large and the Seahawks overcome it. I just, I don't see San Francisco having the defensive talent to stop Seattle's offense. Yeah, and, this is a team where you should probably be pulling away. Yeah. Uh, third, fourth quarter, you should probably be winning easy. You know, mm-hmm. at that point, this is the point of the year where no matter what the other running backs are doing injury wise, we're going to see Chris Carson get like 161 yards and three touchdowns. And I just see this being his statement game um, uh, on the schedule and just been a, just a big win for the Seahawks. So that's where I have him. I have him uh, down for a win. Yep. Yep. Following week uh, at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a tougher game than I think some yeah. people want to admit. The Eagles because, are underrated a little bit because yep, they, they play in that tough division. Mm-hmm. That's a, They play in a tough division. They're um, a good, solidly built team. Uh, in they're, they're good in the places where you want them to be good. I I don't necessarily like what they're doing with their running game, I think. We're gonna see. We're gonna. This is the year where we determine if Carson Wentz is an actual franchise quarterback or just a guy who had a lot of potential. Um, and we don't know that right now. Right now, I have the Seahawks getting a win. It's at home. They they protect their house. I don't think that the Eagles are a complete enough team to compete with Seattle over four quarters, um, especially here in Seattle. But. This is a game that could go the other way. Uh, it it kind of comes back to, you know, Carson Wentz's development. If he is a legit franchise quarterback, like the way a lot of people think he is, he's going to make it tough on Seattle. Um, this is where, Keith, this is where the schedule diverges for me. Uh, at 49ers, you know, uh, you can't, you're not going to be able to, to anybody's not going to be able to convince you the 49ers are good 
that's going to be a win. But this is where uh, great teams make good teams look bad. And Seattle is going to be a great team. And the Eagles are a good team. They're going to come in with probably a winning record at this point. But the, the Seahawks are going to, I think they're going to make them look, look bad. And everyone talks about the Giants and the Cowboys having that division wrapped up before the season even starts. The Eagles are going to be decent. But I, you're right. I think the talent deficit be, uh, you know, between them and the, and the Hawks is not even close. And Seattle wins again going away, I think, in the third and fourth quarter. It's close at halftime, and then, boom, we kind of turn it on, and that's, that's the end of that. I've got it down as a win. So at the Jaguars, I think this is our only 10 a.m. game, Keith. It is. It's the only... This is a, such a favorable schedule for the way yeah. it's set up for the Seahawks. Is, you know, they're playing the NFC East... Um, which means it's four potential 10 a.m. games, uh, and the um, you know the the AFC South, which has some other ones in there, and yet the whole schedule, all the whole season, you end up with only one 10 a.m. start time, and it's against the Jaguars that are um, that are kind of in the Jaguars limbo. are confused. Yes, they're that's a confused a good way franchise, it. and board, I don't, I don't understand the whole Bortles thing. That the conviction and the um, loyalty that that franchise has displayed to him is mind-boggling to me, given the fact that he's so bad. But um, I, you know, to me, this game's a win um, on the road. Ten a.m. doesn't matter. Uh, we've just got way more talent than they do. Um, it'd be interesting to me if they activate Collins off the practice squad if he's still there just for this game so that he can show Seattle that they wronged him and you know but nonetheless we it's not even close we beat this team handily given the fact that uh, week 14 playoff uh, spots are on the line home field advantage all that kind of stuff Seahawks are focused they just they just win yeah i i just give me one spot on the Jaguars roster where they win a matchup against Seattle's roster. Give me one position. I can't find one. Honestly, I can't I can't find one. I'm not familiar with their defensive backs, but yeah, I if 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 anything it would be kind of a DB maybe a, a uh but but even then I so you're you know, gonna, you're going to look at their, I, our, their defensive our wide backs receivers against... our wide receivers are going to get separation this year. I mean, that's the difference between us and maybe a few other years past is that top to bottom on our receiving core, we've got guys that can create separation and or win jump balls. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I don't see it. I just don't see them being any remotely in contention for this game at all. Yeah. Uh, to me, I, 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 yes. 10 a.m. Start means the Seahawks will start really slow. It'll be an ugly first half. Um, you know what? The talent gap is so big that the second half, the Seahawks will, even if they're behind, they'll make up any deficit and 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 pull this one out. So I am not concerned at all about um, the Jaguars there. So I have the win. Um, week fifteen is at home against the LA Rams. I am again like I worry about the Rams on the road. I do not worry about them at home. I just don't think they have the they don't have the talent top to bottom on the roster to compete. And when you get uh, a guy like Goff, who just does not look like an NFL quarterback at this point in his development, in Seattle with that crowd noise and everything that's going on there, um, I just don't see them competing. To me, I have this as a fairly easy win for Seattle. The only chance that uh, the Rams ever had against the Seahawks was Fisher being their uh, their coach and having trick plays because... Other than that, you know, the defensive line for the Rams is stout. I'll give them that. But Seahawks have just have too many weapons this year. They have too many guys that they can go to. You know, up and down the roster, we've got guys that can make plays, including uh, hopefully a healthy Russell Wilson this year. Uh, I think last year, uh, Wilson uh, only had like a couple hundred yards rushing. You know, the year prior, it was over 500 yards. Uh, contributed quite a bit more in the, in the uh, running game um in in prior years and that that was a big difference last year having uh, a, a Wilson that was hampered a little bit by his injuries and this year 
man, if he's healthy all the way through the season, this could be a, this could put an exclamation point on um, his season. If you discount that final game against the Cardinals at home, because the season's wrapped up by then, um, but home against the Rams is the is the final game where they're they're literally going all out, and then the last two games, depending on the schedule and what it looks like in the NFC, you could see some guys then starting to shut it down a little bit, maybe. Yeah. So that game against the the Rams is my fifth straight win. That's a five game winning streak for the uh, for the Seahawks. Where do you have them there? Uh, I've got them as a win for sure. And so what is that? Um, so far I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven wins so far right there. Yeah, because I've got them as eleven and three at that point. Um, and I, I marked that as kind of a key spot where they get to 11 and three um, before going on the road the next week um, yeah. and coming off that, that with a five game win streak. And the reason why I marked that as a key spot is because at that point they've clinched the division because there's no team that's going to that, that There's no other team that's going to get 11 wins. Um, and so at that point they've clinched the division. They've cl- clinched, um, Probably a first home round, game, first division round, game, well, division, yeah, uh, probably and probably a first round buy. Yes, um, at that point they don't have the one seed wrapped up, but they have, you know, they've won the division, so they're going to have a home playoff game. Uh, they've also wrapped up a first round buy, and so that so they've which means they're at they're either one or two, which means they're either the first one seed or the two seed with um, Green Bay being the one team that they're competing with, and exactly. And, and, or this next team. Yes. So at Cowboys week 16, this could be a game that the Seahawks really need, or it could be the game where they don't need it and go in. Um, Either way for me, Keith, I had this one down as a loss. And if they've got that 11 and three record and it looks like they could pull out the number one seed, uh, they might not be so motivated to go up against a pretty decent Cowboys team on the road. Um, we've struggled with the Cowboys the last couple of years. I see it as a loss. It could go as a win though. And the reason that I think it could go as a win is if we're really battling that one seat is on the line, they knew how much that home field advantage was because of the loss last year, um, against the Falcons. They know how important it is. And if they had to go down in there and, and take care of business, I see it as a win. But I think that the record now at this point is such where this game doesn't mean as much, and it, I count it as a loss on my schedule. I hate the fact that we agree so much because uh, <laughs> I have this as a loss. And the reason why I have it as a loss, and that's why I, why I marked that the end of Week 15 in that game with an 11-3 and record as being significant is because I look at that game, it's on the road, it's in Dallas, and it is not a um a primetime game like you know a night game it is um just a one one fifteen start uh but I looked at that and I go Dallas is gonna need that game so much more than Seattle is because yeah. Dallas is still gonna be fighting well I the had Giants. them and and my schedule the way it washed out too I had them at twelve and two going into that game you had them for one more loss. You had a mm-hmm. loss against the Cardinals in week 10 where I had the win. Yep. So I had them at 12 and two coming into that game. And I thought at that point, 12 and two is probably going to get them that number one seed. I think the fact that I had them as a win in green Bay was the tipping point for that scenario for me. Yeah. Cause if you and, have, if you have a win is uh, the win against green Bay, that means they have the tiebreaker against green Bay. You've also got them as 12 and two coming into that game. Um, so you've got, the first round by clinched with the tiebreaker, they can lose a game. It really doesn't matter that much. And you know, I, and I actually think Dallas is going to be fighting really hard because they're going to be in a position fighting with the giants for, yes, uh, for their playoff win. Cause they don't want to be a, a wild card team and, and have to go win. Not only a playoff win with it for the division and yeah, a home field and all that stuff. So, yeah. So I, I think they're going to be fighting for their, for their, you know, the, the their division and, and a home playoff game. I think Seattle has got a lot of stuff wrapped up at that point. And I just I just have a hard time seeing Seattle going on the road in and um, 
winning in a game in which they're playing a team that's got that much talent and not, they're not when they're not as motivated as they needed to be. So going into the last uh, game of the season, you've got them at eleven and four. I've got them at twelve and three. Mm-hmm. So this last game uh, at home, uh, I think it's at the end of this. I can't remember what the what the date is, but uh, it's outdoors at home. It's weather New could Year's be a factor. Weather could be a factor mm-hmm. against the Cardinal Cardinals. But uh, even if we don't have anything to play for, we like winning at home. We protect our home field and we put up a win. Yeah, I have I have this being a win. Um, I had a hard time saying the team was going to lose two straight at the end of the year after being eleven and three. Um, the, my concern there is that if everything goes as a plan, they're sitting at eleven and four. If they've clinched the one seed, the home field advantage throughout the playoffs, they have nothing to play for against Arizona. Why do you play Russell Wilson? Why do you yeah. play uh, Sherman, Thomas, Chancellor, Wagner? Um, why I'm do you just play not stars? sure. In, okay, in your situation, you've got them as 11-3 and three going into that game. I think, I think home field advantage throughout the playoffs is on the line if you've yes. got them at that record on especially that last game. With, especially with <laughs> the loss week one to the Packers. I have yes. them as a win because I don't think they can sit everyone and just be done and be okay with playing nothing but backups i think they've got to play the starters they've got to go out and win this game to guarantee the one seed and not have it yes um and so i them have them as a as a win there and wrapping up the season at 12 and 4 and having the number one seed in the playoffs in um, my mind in my mind keith before we started this exercise I really wanted to end, have my ending record be 12 and four um, because I think that's more realistic than the winning record that I had out of this exercise, which was 13 and three. I think that that Packers game is pivotal. It, it, the reason that the, this is such a hard game coming up against the Packers is because it's already one of the most important games of the season and it's the first game. And it's really hard to have your club in sync. You're not in playoff mode. You're not in we must win this game mode. There's no extreme incentive to beat the Packers other than you you want to look good as a team and so forth. That game is a is underrated as far as its importance and just how difficult it's going to be to win on the road in that first game. But I've, yeah. I've got it as a win, uh, but only because I'm a homer. I think if I'm being realistic, that game is at best 50-50, if not 60-40 in favor of the Packers. Yeah, so you've got the two best teams in the NFC going at it in week one with Seattle going on the road to Green Bay. Um, and I just, this is, to me, that's the, that's, that is the premier NFC matchup of the entire year. In terms of talented teams, and it's in week one. I think that was a a mistake by the schedule yeah. makers to put that game that early. I kind of get why they did it because he, it gives you this like great kickoff atmosphere. It's going to get huge ratings and all of that. And, and they oh can yeah, s- the Packers, the Packers uh, fans hate us. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't know if everybody's aware of that, but the Packers have complete disdain for the Seahawks. I mean, well, the, the fact that we took care of that that game that. That NFC, uh, title NFC title game there at home against them when we came back from unsurmountable odds. It was like we had a less than 2% chance to win at, at one point in that game. Kid you not. I mean, well, yeah, you know. It, it took a, it took a uh, completed onside kick, which those like are so yeah. rare that they actually were. A work. touchdown to a tackle. Uh-huh. Yeah, a touchdown, a touchdown from a punter to a tackle. Yeah, a touchdown um, from a punter to a tackle. A completed onside kick, a quick drive after the team had done nothing offensively. Yeah. Marshawn List bursts, bursts, you know, for for big yards to get you know touchdown. Russell Wilson throws out of his mind, and Jermaine Curse makes that freaking awesome catch in the end zone to put that game away. That game was hey, the the it ruined 
the Packers. Yeah. I mean, when you have a game like that, that's that devastating, it's hard to recover from a game like that. Absolutely. And it, I mean, it was just, they, they, they hate the Seahawks for that. They also, there's also a lot of, a lot of hate for Seattle because of the, um, Hail Mary, the Hail Mary, uh, with the replacement refs and all of that. They still feel completely (laughs) wronged by that, despite video evidence supporting, um, the refs in 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 that case, but I, I get but it. the Packers I mean, have the, the Packers have bounced back. You know, a team you look at that we've ruined as a franchise is the Forty ers Oh yeah, we, and they they hate us, but the Packers are still a good team that still have a shot at the at the uh, the Super Bowl year in year out as long as Rogers is going to be there, and that's why they hate us even more. They hate us more than the Forty ers do because the Forty ers have been bad for now for a while, mm-hmm. but. I don't even know if half of those fans there remember the fact that it was the Seahawks that made them, that ruined their franchise. But the the Packers are are kind of newer to this, where you've got the Hail Mary and then and then that uh, NFC game that was crazy, and they have they want nothing more than to beat us badly in this game. And I think they're in for a rude surprise. I think the Seahawks are remade into a, a almost a mythical. Uh, quality defense um, level as a franchise. And I think Seattle beats them on defense. Yeah. The, the Seahawks have the defensive talent necessary to really make life hard on green Bay's offense. And that's not easy to do because when you got Aaron Rodgers calling the shots and setting the protections and everything, and not only that, just his ability to make every throw, even when moving in directions that so his body shouldn't be able to make that throw, but he does. Um, and then you got guys like Jordy Nelson, who's an underrated receiver uh, on the outside, just stretching defenses and, and creating space for everybody else is just a really good, uh, really good offense. A lot of talent. Yeah. Uh, Ty Montgomery, who is a wide receiver converted to running back, does everything the Seahawks want CJ Procise to do. Um, he's just really dynamic and, and I both think running one of the, and receiving. It's just really hard for, for teams to match up. But I think Seattle has the defensive talent to do it. They're one of the only teams in the NFL that has the defensive talent to match up against them. I think one of the keys in this game um, is the fact that Brian uh, Balaga is questionable in this game with an ankle injury. And even if he isn't full strength, but they decided to play him, he's got that ankle injury and he playing right tackle against our defense or they throw somebody like Kyle Murphy in there or, or Jason Spriggs. They're, they're two tackles they drafted in the 2016 draft. If they throw those guys into the fire against the Seahawks, even if it's at home, somebody's going to take advantage of that, and I can mm-hmm. guarantee you, it's not going to be Green Bay. It's going to be the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're t- right tackle. You're going to see a lot of of Cliff Averill coming around that side, putting a lot of pressure on that ankle. Um, and they're going to have to double team Bennett, and they're going to have to double team Richardson, and then you've got Frank Clark. And you know, if if you've got to pick a guy out of all those guys that you're not going to put anybody on, it's going to be Averill. Yeah, and they put him over on that other side, and he's going to take advantage. I yep. mean, Averill's underrated. Absolutely. So the other issue here too, um, Kevin King. We're going to see our friend Kevin King that we all wanted to be on our draft board and, and drafted. The CX traded back instead and picked up uh, McDowell, and Kevin King went to um, went to Green Bay. The pick before us, um, right in the, uh, the pick yep. number thirty four, I think overall. Yep, they, and um, the Seahawks traded back twice um, and picked uh, Malik McDowell, and the Packers traded back once and got Kevin King. Uh, he's yeah. going to be starting uh, for cornerback, and Malik McDowell is injured and mystery injury, non-football injury list, not on the roster. So I know I don't a, want to speculate too much with McDowell, but man, uh, Carol talked about him. Uh, in his uh, injury update presser yesterday, and uh, he he said that he's going to make some more appearances in the, in the building and so forth, but they don't want to put any expectations on him at all to play or see the field or anything. They just want to have him be around the building so that he can experience what it's like to go to work and be in some of the meeting rooms and so forth. Um, 
and and everything else about that injury is so hush hush it makes me it really makes me wonder if uh the facial injuries were more severe that that uh impacted possibly his vision and or he has cognitive issues because of the the hit to the head and you know it it makes me question whether or not he's even going to be able to play football anymore see the 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 vision uh, is one of those things. I mean, it's all speculation because the team won't it tell us. It is speculation, us. and by all and, means, I'm speculating. And all of the reports that we get um, come out, of, and they're completely contradictory. We hear orbital, orbital bone fracture, right? What's the, the bone around the eye? Um, but then he posts pictures on um, Instagram where there's no swelling, no bruising, and no evidence of surgery, because usually the, that requires surgery to, uh, to stabilize. Uh, so that, you know, they go, oh, that's probably not it. It's also a six to eight week thing. And then, you know, they, they can come back from that. This isn't a career ender. Uh, right. so, so, you know, so, and then there was another report where he was like a hip and knee and that it was actually not a head injury, but it was like, a, but then he's been, he was seen walking around Bellevue, no limp, no brace, like, so that's not it. And so everything, people just continue to speculate. The vision thing that you were talking about is one of those explanations that actually fits and go okay because that's a an injury that would cause long term him to be out um but wouldn't show up on those pictures or see it when you see him walking around town because you can't tell another one which would could be is um like a cranial nerve uh thing with it where it affects like the vestibular system so his balance basically giving Mm -hmm. him vertigo um and that's one of those things where you, you basically are waiting for nerve regeneration so it's kind of like peyton manning when they were waiting for the the nerves in his neck to regenerate so that he had his arm strength back uh and so you're waiting on that but in the meantime he can't play because of basically it's it's vertigo he can't um he's always dizzy type of thing and so it's that's a potential career ender where you wouldn't see the physical parts but again all this is speculation we're just making it up because we don't have anything to go on the team refuses to tell us anything so right. people were, were just trying to figure it out, put the pieces together. So uh, any any thoughts on facing the Green Bay Packers this week that we haven't already talked about? I mean, the, the one thing I will mention again, and I mentioned it uh, the last podcast, is the fact that uh, Russell Wilson was sacked three times last game and had five interceptions, arguably his worst game as a pro. If there's anybody that wants revenge... I think it's Russell Wilson. I think that's that part of Russell Wilson's game is underrated. I think R- Wilson really wants to have success in this game. Agreed. Um, my thought on this game is to watch how much Sheldon Richardson plays. They've only got three defensive tackles on the roster. Uh, Jaron reads the nose tackle. Um, Naz Jones is, is the rotational guy. And Sheldon Richardson's supposed to start at the three-tech, but he will have only been in town for a week. Um, that's all the practices he's had with the team and with the scheme and everything they're asking for him. Uh, so he may not play as, you know, he may get a, a smaller, uh, workload. So we're going to see more Naz Jones and more of like either Michael Bennett or Frank Clark on the inside, um, yep. rushing the passer as the three tech. And if that's the case, they may struggle with stopping the run because you're putting your yep. pass rushers in there on running downs. Um, yeah. Oh, and then you see more of like a Marcus Smith or somebody like that in there on the uh, on the edge. True. And so, just keep an eye on keep an eye on that. Uh, that's kind of my my thing. Is is I think that everything kind of works because Seattle made this big trade so late in the you know the, it was after the preseason was over that it's just it's going to take an extra week to fully integrate Sheldon Richardson into the defense. And so this is the one week where I think that they might be a little vulnerable compared to what they look like on paper, because on paper, Seattle's defensive talent is just crazy. But because they're, they can't take full advantage of Richardson this week, uh, I think that might be a little bit of vulnerability. And that's why earlier in this episode, I said it was going to be a loss for Seattle. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm going to go against you a little bit on that and I'm going to say that Richardson's a pro. He's a pro. He knows how to play three tech, which is off the outside shoulder of the guard. 
Uh, I think Seattle's going to play him in those situations as much as possible. He also has experience setting the edge. Um, so you could see him play a five tech. I also see, you know, he's got some experience dropping back in coverage and stuff as big as Richardson is, which is crazy amazing. Um, I, I still see Richardson taking 40% of the snaps in this game unless he's out of shape or something, but there's no indication of that. He's been in camp with the jets and so forth all along. I just, I think that they will feed him enough vanilla, uh, ice cream, for this game, you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. So that the scheme is not overwhelm him and he can go in and, and wreak havoc. I, I don't see it being as impactful, I think, as as you do, but you could be right as well. I, I'm just, I'm speculating. Yeah, I mean, we we don't know what the team's going to do with him. And that's what I said just is to keep an eye on it because if he's playing a lot and not like getting himself out of position because he um, didn't know the play and thought he was supposed to be in in this B gap and he should have been in C or that kind of thing. Uh, that's going to be huge for Seattle because he's just so dominant as a player. Um, but I see because of, you know, just getting him up to speed, it's going to take a little bit of time for him to, to get everything down. I see him, his play, him not playing as much as he will the rest of the season. And, you know, you take a player like that off the field, it matters. The other issue that I want to talk about briefly before we end is you remember that knee regeneration thing we were talking about last week? Yes. Renekin or something something like that. Yeah. Um, and we sent out five key guys to go get, I think, Bennett. Averill. Luke Jokel. Will um, Hoyt. And DJ Alexander. No, not no, Alexander. Alexander went the week before. Anyway. Uh, and then, so yesterday, Pete has kind of the update on injuries. And he's indicating that Will Hoyt might not be ready. And some of the other guys... Might not uh, might not be ready. Uh, lock it, and um, he kind of left it as well. You know, the guys were out last week, and they're back this week. We just don't know kind of where they're at. It kind of pissed me off a little bit that they waited so long to get those guys that treatment, and then now it looks like it might impact possibly being available for week one on at least a couple of those guys. Maybe Will Hoyt was an, an issue that was. Uh, worse than I thought. But here's a guy in Will Hoyt that's supposed to be all over the field for the Seahawks. Garvin's going to get the start at uh, the Sam. Uh, but that was Will Hoyt's spot before Garvin took it because Will Hoyt was out with injuries. Do you know any update at all about where Will Hoyt's at with his well, injury? Will Hoyt's knee was actually bothersome. Uh, they sent him to get this done because he needed it. Um, and so this isn't a case with with him that if he didn't, he still might not be available in this game. Um, and so I, I'm not as like concerned about that one. Plus Garvin really took that spot away from, I mean, he, Garvin won the spot, then kind of lost it to Will Hoyt and then got it back. Uh, so I, I'm okay with that. And Tyler Lockett's kind of the same way. We did never really expected him to be back week one. So he's a little, um, you know, he, they're, they're working on getting him ready and all of that. Uh, How many snaps do you think he's going to have? I'd say we're, you're looking at you know twelve to fifteen. You're not looking yeah. at a, you're not looking at a huge load for him in this game. Uh, you're expecting uh, Doug Baldwin, Paul Richardson to, to carry the load as as the the two guys um, at, at wide receiver in this one. Now, um, Pete Carroll did say if Lockett's ready to go and he plays in this game, he's going to be returning kicks. Oh my God! I mean. Here's a guy that sat out the entire preseason. We haven't really seen any specific reports on him. I don't know if he's full speed, 100%, 94%, whatever. But throw the guy out there like that after having no time in any game in the preseason, all of a sudden he's returning kicks, to me is a little scary. Well, I think returning kicks is uh, kind of, it's it's uh, Tyler Lockett's comfort zone. He is completely okay returning kicks and punts. That's kind of what he did as a rookie to kind of give him, make sure keep him on the field and give him that role. And then he developed beyond that and, you know, became more integrated in the offense as, as they went. And even um, last year when he was uh, banged up and wasn't performing as much uh, on offense, he was still returning punts and kicks and doing his thing and, and, 
being Tyler Lockett uh, on those. So I think it's more of his comfort zone. So they're like, let's get him out there. Let him do that. Let him contribute. And if we get something out of him on offense too, great. But if not, at least we're getting him into his comfort zone, getting him on the field and all that kind of stuff. And it's what he likes to do. So I think that has something to do with it. My concern with all of this is if Lockett's going to play and he's going to return all the punts and kicks, why is J.D. McKissick on the roster? Right. Why did you cut Kaysen Williams and keep J.D. McKissick if Lockett's going to play and return all the punts and kicks? Because they didn't know when they made that cut whether or not Lockett was ready to go. Yeah. And that, and, that tells me that he, he's still 50-50 yeah. going into this game. And that's why I said I don't think we're going to see as much of Lockett as we'd like. I think have the injury reports come out yet, Keith? There's a, those come out on Thursday. Those or Friday. Can, well, those come out on um, when the team practices. So it'll be Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, so it'll Friday. be interesting to see how they list him. Um, they'll list him as limited, 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 questionable, and they'll say nothing about it until uh, the game starts because they don't want to tell Green Bay um, what they're going to do with him. Hey, we're here, Keith. We're, we've, we've, we're literally talking about football and playing on Sunday. Yes. And so, yeah, so we, we, made, we it. made it through These the off games count. <laughs> it's awesome. So, uh, that's going to wrap up the show. Um, good show, good predictions. I like the schedule. It looks favorable to the Seahawks. Uh, Keith and I, we could be off by one or two games in the loss column. I could see the team going 10 and six. I don't think it's as likely that they go 10 and six as they go 11 and five. And I think it's more likely that they probably go 12 and four. You know, it's it's one of those things where there's a pretty good window because you have to be realistic. I mean, stuff happens, injuries happen, bounces of the ball, et cetera, turnovers. Um, but twelve and four seems really realistic to me, Keith. And if if that's the if that's the the floor and the ceiling is thirteen and three or, or fourteen and two or something, I mean that would be crazy. But I mean this is a good team, and yeah. there's no reason to believe that it's anything less than a good team. And, and we're going to go deep into the playoffs. And I think you know we're clearly set up as being one of probably four teams in the NFL that have the best chance of going to the Super Bowl. So you think twelve wins is the most probable result highest probability i think 11 and 5 or 12 and 4 i i like i said before i think i really wanted to to have my result be 12 and 4 because i think that's the most realistic okay so which is more likely to you um 11 wins or 13 wins 11 okay now then which is more likely in your mind 10 wins or 13 wins See, that's the that's the deal. I think it's fifty fifty, but I would have to say thirteen and three, only because find six losses on the schedule. I know. That's it, Keith. <laughs> right you, there. You you found three when you went through it. And yeah. I and now you're saying find six. Yeah, okay. So let uh, me really quick, really quick, give me time. So uh, a loss at the Titans, you could definitely say a loss at the Packers. Uh you could say a loss at the Giants. You could argue uh, conceivably uh, a loss at the Cardinals. Um, you could conceivably say a loss at the at the Cowboys. That's five. I'd have to pick one more between the home at the Cardinals with a game that we don't necessarily need to win, uh, but we would if we had that many losses. Yep. Um, at home versus the Falcons. Okay, I'm going to so, put that. See, and this is what this is when I when I I, I go back and forth, and that's, that's what I do. It's like okay, but that's we, losing. But that's losing every single game that we'd have a, even a remote chance of losing. That's, yes, that's like going zero for six on games that are fifty fifty. Yeah, and I just don't. I, God, that would be the worst case scenario is 10, 10 wins. Worst yeah. Case. Uh, and of course, all of this changes if Russell Wilson is injured, because that, or if Earl Thomas goes yeah. down again, yeah, right, or, right. or you know, one of those key guys like that. But just taking that out of the question and just looking at the schedule and looking at this team, 
um, this is this is the exercise I just went through with you is is what I like to do is, is to go through and go okay, um, what's the most likely scenario? I think twelve wins is then you go thirteen or eleven. I think eleven's more likely than thirteen just because that's the way the NFL is. But then you go okay, thirteen and six or thirteen wins or ten wins. You know, go go down one more. I honestly don't think ten wins is more likely than 13 wins. I think 13 wins is more likely. And that is incredible when you start thinking right. about the probability of these things. Um, 13 wins don't happen in the NFL very often. That no, happens to re- one team a year. Yeah, it really does. Gets it's to 13 it's really wins. unexpected. And for that to be more likely than 10 wins, which is a, still a playoff team, um, and probably the division winner in, in this division, because it's a pretty weak division, uh, to say, okay, that 13 wins and, you know, is more likely than 10 and six and winning your division. Is, right. That, that I think is, is a pretty bold statement. And I think that's where most fans could really under realistically see the team land at 12 and four, because I think that's the most realistic outcome. And we, and you've just done a great job at explaining why that is. And I, it's a great, it's going to be a great year, Keith. I yeah. mean, it's just going to be a great year because it, it just is. That makes, that, that's just the facts. The, it's going to make for a really fun year to record podcasts with you every single week. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Fun <laughs> stuff, Keith. Fun, 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 fun. Awesome. So let's go, let's go win this game. I want to go win this game. So we come back and we're not talking about, oh, why we didn't do this and didn't do that. We'll still talk about that a little bit because we always want to improve. But we want to talk about how we went into the Packers and, and took care of business. That would be a great opening for the year. So without further ado, Keith, uh, go enjoy the game. Yes. Drink some of your micro brew. Yes. And come back ready on uh, on Tuesday and record with me. And, and we'll go over the game and we'll preview the home game against the 49ers. And we'll start the, the year off awesome. I think this is a fabulous idea. Let's make it happen. All right. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I am at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook and HawksPlaybook.com is where we have all of our podcasts up on the site. Uh, we had two podcasts this week. Uh, the first show went over the roster. The uh, second show was the prediction uh, podcast. Um, that's it for now. Until next week, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hey, Hawks fans. Thanks for listening to the Hawks Playbook Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio and listen to all of our shows on hawksplaybook.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Hawks Playbook. Bill is at NWC Hawk and Keith is at Myers NFL. <laughs>